Welcome to Bridge Track by Track. I'm your host, Darren, and today we're going to be talking about La 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 means I love you uh, from Emancipation. Um, originally recorded by the Delphonics, uh, but recorded by Prince at Paisley Park uh, April to May 1995 and released on the 19th of November 1996. On the track, we have Prince uh, with Mike Scott on guitar and Shante Moore doing additional vocals. Um, and uh, the track itself is 3 minutes 58. Joining me to talk about it today is Ollie Brady. Hello, Ollie. Hey, Darren. How are you? I just got super excited when you said Mike Scott was was on this track. <laughs> Again, this is Prince doing a, you know, like a, a Philly soul type, um, <laughs> type song. Uh, he'd already covered one earlier on the album. So, you know, here he is 20 something songs later covering another one, um, you know. And yeah, so Mike Scott is the only other person essentially that's on the track. Uh, Shante Moore's background vocals are very, very, like you can barely hear them. <laughs> um, though at this point, it's worth saying, uh, you know, I haven't covered this song yet, but it is on the next kind of album to be released. Um, Prince did a song called Rip Hop Go to Zipper, <laughs> which appears in a, a scene in Showgirls. Uh, and in the lyrics to that, he says, Precious by Shante playing in the back. So he's actually name checked Shante Moore. <laughs> nice. On a song that actually in in you know in the real world that came out a year before because uh, it was on the Sound Girls soundtrack. Yeah. But obviously Prince wouldn't release it officially until 2 years afterwards on Crystal Ball. So mm-hmm. uh, it's funny that he kind of name checked her. She <laughs> she ends up um, on on like a song. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently Prince recorded a few songs with her, but this is the only track that was ever released. So uh, you know, maybe once they they open up the vault, we'll we'll get to hear some of the other songs that she uh, she made an appearance on. Uh, but I find it interesting that Prince name checks someone and then is like, "Do you want to come and sing on this song for me?" <laughs> so, and I can't say I've ever heard Shantae Moore's "Precious," but uh, by the time I record for Rip Up, Go to Zipper," I'm sure I will listen to that song. I don't think I've ever heard it either. But then, as I told you earlier, Darren. This is the first time today that I've ever heard this song. <laughs> well, I mean, Mike Scott, you know, um, was someone who played with, you know, the Sounds of Blackness um, and who worked with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, who, of course, you know, were in the time and later were, you know, they're basically known now as just the producers of Janet Jackson's music. Mm. Um, and obviously through, you know, um, through uh, Mike Scott, um, you know, joined Justin Timberlake's band in 2007 uh, because obviously, you know, Justin Timberlake uh, and Janet Jackson recorded. Well, they did a performance, let's say. Uh, it's well known. Uh, it's rather notorious. Yes. Um, so obviously, you know, that's if you want your, uh, you know, six degrees of Prince, this is how you get from Prince to <laughs> uh, Justin Timberlake uh, is, is through uh, Mike Scott. He'd also, you know, he's also toured with uh, Rihanna and Leona Lewis and Room 5 and Jermaine Jackson, Alicia Keys. Um, so, you know, he's a, he's basically kind of like a, a studio, um, you know, studio musician, session musician. And also, you know, he, he kind of does it as a touring guitarist. Um, but, you know, he basically, you know, he worked with Prince f- for a few years. You know, he was he was with him from about 96 through to 2001. And then when Prince toured after that periodically, 2004, 2016, and then 
in the last few tours that he, when he, Prince was touring with um, Third Eye Girl, he was also there as a, a guitarist as well. So obviously someone who Prince enjoyed working with. Um, you know, you don't you you don't get to be on uh, that many Prince tours if Prince uh, doesn't want you around. As members of the Revolution found out to their cost in uh, 1986. As with uh, as with Betcha by Golly Wow, this is just you know uh, another cover version that Prince is doing. Um, so I'm not sure. Sh- I don't even know what kind of possessed Prince at this point to just be like here are, here are two Philly Soul cover versions. Like it's just a really weird move for him to make. Though I will say this: this song was featured in the film Crooklyn by Spike Lee. And obviously, you know, after Crooklyn, um, Spike Lee did Girl 6, which featured a lot of Prince songs. I don't know, maybe that was, maybe Prince watched Crooklyn before he worked with um, Spike Lee on Girl 6. And maybe he heard this song and he thought, you know, he should record it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine Prince watching Clockers. Uh, you know, <laughs> a, 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 a film about kind of like, uh, you know, New York, New York drug dealers doesn't strike me as something that Prince would watch. But then again, Girl 6 is about someone who has a phone sex line. So, again, (laughs) uh, I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure that Prince ever saw the film Girl 6. (laughs) Yeah, so maybe that was kind of, you know, what maybe he heard it there and that's what made him decide to kind of cover it. Uh, Either way, the original version is only called La La and then brackets means I love you. Uh, Whereas Prince just has the whole song. Um, you know, there's a whole title kind of out of brackets. Uh, and of course, as is Prince's want, the I is an I symbol uh, and the U is a U. A U yeah. You know, I was surprised he didn't turn the love into a heart because he's <laughs> done that before. The song Love or Money is Heart or or Dollar Sign. That's oh, no like the way. actual title of it. And as with, you know, the earlier cover, it's, I wouldn't say it's, I mean, this is a little kind of, it's a little different to the kind of the Delphonics version. Um, and, and whereas I feel like the the Betcha by Golly Wow version was kind of closer to the original, this feels a little bit more kind of you know princified, especially by the fact that he's added one more la to the title, um, you know. And we start off with Prince kind of like um, singing a come on to Maite, yeah, where he's like, uh, "Hey girl, I bet you didn't know that I had both eyes on you." <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I I really like. This song, Darren. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I, I thought I, I knew the song, um, but it turns out I was mixing up with a completely different song. Uh, so when I was listening to this, I don't know how I missed it at the time. So I listened to this about 10 times in my car journey home from work today. Um, <laughs> just on repeat. I was, and it was like, not just be, I was like, I'm going to learn the song because I'm going to be a Darren's podcast. It was, wow, this is actually a really good tune and I, I can get behind it. And in comparison to the other one, I, I recorded on the Betcha Bike Alley wow, um, all those weeks ago when we recorded it together, Darren. Um, I prefer this song. And I think it's because, as we mentioned on that other one, there were four keyboards. And this here, it's Prince and the guitarist. Yeah. And I think it works so much better. And the weirdest thing is on this, it's kind of like, um, I don't think it's Prince playing drums, but it's like a, almost like a sampled drum. Mm-hmm. Like it has like a, a kind of artificial sound. This is something that's kind of prevalent on, you know, the last two albums. Whenever whenever Mike B wasn't drumming, um, <laughs> you had this, this kind of sampled drum sound that Prince seemed to use where he'd sampled some live drums and then he seemed to be playing those back, um, you know, and kind of that's how he would kind of program the drum track. Um, so when you when I say you know he starts off with Prince in this kind of you know the come on to to Maite I'm assuming it's Maite uh, because you know he talks about a diamond ring at, at one point as well so 
Um, but it has this kind of the start of it has this weird little drum fill that's kind of very kind of artificial sounding, but at the same time it sounds like live drums. Uh, it's it's kind of a very it's very hard to kind of put across that it's it's a it's a, a live sounding drum but sounds kind of programmed. Yeah. You know, with Betcha by Golly Wow, you know, the point of that song is Prince is using it because he can't put into words how he feels. And obviously how he feels is simply wow. Um <laughs> whereas in this song you know, um, again, Prince is, is kind of in his falsetto again um, and pr- probably kind of in the same range as the Delphonics. He doesn't kind of take it up too high um, until he, he kind of gets to <laughs> the bits. where There's later on where there's kind of like some horn stuff and Prince is kind of starts to get really high he, up. At, he's at that competing point with the horn, Darren. I swear, every time I listen yeah. to it, I'm going because the, the horn's playing over and he goes, you got to understand. And it's I want to yeah. be, I want to be, I want to be your man. And he goes, I want to be, I want to be, I want to be man. And it's like, <laughs> holy shit, Prince. What are you, uh, how are you getting up there? And like the fact that you can still hear it and the horn is getting really loud. It's, yeah. oh, it's, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it does feel like he's kind of competing with it, doesn't it? Mm. Competing with it. He's dominating it, Darren. Well, yeah, yeah, he's beating it, basically. I think that the kind of the lyrical content of this song is kind of interesting. Um, you know, uh, this this song, of course, being written by Tom Bell as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who also wrote "Betcha" by Gally Wow, but this time he's writing it with um, William Hart rather than uh, Linda Creed. The the kind of the lyrical content is about someone, unlike you know "Betcha" by Gally Wow, which is all about rainbows and you know it's kind of very lovey dovey. This is almost about this is almost a song about admitting that the other person has a past but it doesn't matter. And I think, you know, for a song that's recorded in, you know, like uh, 1968, um, I think that's kind of an interesting idea to be able to say, I mean, you know, the, uh, the the kind of, you know, many guys have come to you with a line that wasn't true. It's like almost saying, look, I understand those other fellas have chatted you up before, but, <laughs> but, 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 you know, uh, you know, and you, and you, and also kind of admitting that, you know, you passed them by, but, you know, kind of saying, you know, you didn't get with any of those guys, um, you know, but, you know, here is Prince. So, uh, <laughs> you know, which I always feel is a really strong thing, which kind of goes through a lot of Prince songs where he kind of admits the other person has a past, where he's like, but I'm Prince. Oh, I know you've seen other people, but I am Prince. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, I can kind of understand why you were kind of with other people because you hadn't met me, but now you've met me. Let's draw a line under that and let's kind of, you know, let's focus on the show, which is, you know, this fella right here. I, um, I listened to the Delphonics version as well. And, um, there's a bit, and I think it's the second second chord or second verse where um, yeah. they go, let, let me hold you in my arms. I'm going to fill you with my charms. And Delphonics sing it and it's kind of sweet. It's a little bit weird. Yeah. Prince sings that and I'm going, yeah, Prince is going to fill you with his charms. It, this is this <laughs> yeah. is unequivocal. Yeah. He is he is going to fill you with your, his charms. Like it's, yeah. And when he says, I'm sure that you will see. Yes, that's <laughs> it. I'm sure, that, I'm sure that you'll see. Like, And it's like, yeah. it's not a question. It's like, he is sure you're going to see and he's going to fit you with it. Like it is it, like Prince is just, ah, he just knows what he wants. He's a man. He's a man. He's going to yeah. get it. <laughs> yeah. I, I do think that second verse is kind of, is interesting because, you know, print, it's kind of almost, it goes on to Prince's point of view or, you know, I mean the Delphonics, it's always the same point of view, essentially, but mm-hmm. the way Prince sings it, it feels like the first verse is him talking about the girl. And then he changes the point of view where he says, if I ever saw a girl exactly. that I needed in this world. And it's, it's kind of, it's very much on Prince. Um, saying, you know, you are the one for me. Mm. I And the thing is, the thing that I love about the Philly Soul cut versions is, of course, you always have the lead singer. 
Uh, and I believe we mentioned the coordinated outfits as well. You always have They're the lead singer on one, son- on one side of the stage. You have the coordinated outfits of the other members. And when they sing something like You're the One For Me, you then have the other guys who have been dancing approach the microphone and they go, <laughs> you're the one for me. Like kind of the echo. And it, you always know when they're going to do the echo because up until that point, they're away from the mics and then they, they all come in and they're like, oh, well, this is our, this is our cue. Darren, you, you're you from the UK as well and I'm sure we have a bunch of American listeners, but um, you'll know exactly what I talk about when I say it. it's the uh, it's the Westlife stand-up where it is. they stand, at the, they're all sitting on chairs <laughs> and Shane Filan is singing and then there's a point where they're all going to stand up and that's when you know the key change is coming in and all of the five <laughs> of them are going to sing at the same time. And it's like, that's exactly what happens in those videos where they approach the mics to sing and yeah. then they step back again. It's, oh, I, it's f***ing brilliant. Sorry for swearing on your podcast. <laughs> well, I think I think the thing is as well, um, someone, someone once pointed out, someone much funnier than me, that Take That would have dance routines while their singer was singing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know... Um, Boyzone would stand next to microphones while they were yeah, singing because they couldn't dance. And then, West, <laughs> and then and then Westlife they couldn't even stand because they would sit <laughs> on chairs. And that's kind of the progression of boy bands. Um, and I feel that does kind of start with the you know the kind of the coordinated outfits of you know most of the Motown and Philly kind of groups where you know they would at least they would at least put a routine in while while the singer was standing still. Um, but I feel like Prince is being you know obviously he's doing his own backing vocals so he still kind of does the echoes himself. Um, but it's it, you can still kind of almost feel the effect of a second prince coming up to the microphone at the right moment. Um, <laughs> oh God, that's a terrifying <laughs> or amazing thought—a second yeah. prince. Um, and then you know, what I find interesting is like the bridges into you know the the kind of the chorus. The first one is now I don't wear a diamond ring. I don't even know a song to sing. All I know is la 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 la, la means I love you. Um, and yeah. kind of the lead into the kind of the second chorus is the things I'm saying are true and the way I want to explain them to you, baby, can you listen to me? La, la, la. So, uh, but then the final time he does it, he, it's kind of slightly different because it's like uh, the things I'm saying are true and the way I explain them to you. And then this is where he goes really high in his falsetto and he goes, yes, to you. Yeah, and you. then he starts doing the la 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 but then he does it as kind of like a breakdown yeah. so as he's singing la 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 means I love you he has a repeat in the background kind of singing it in a different register and then he kind of you know he starts singing over the top you know in, in his falsetto um, particularly when it gets to the point where it's like ooh, ooh girl take my hand and all this kind of stuff and, and it just kind of turns into this kind of layering but then he also comes in in his lower register and he starts saying <laughs> you know where to find me when you make up your mind and I just kind of, I love this kind of Prince being like, look, I can sing all over the place. So let's do it all at once. <laughs> you know, let's let's get in the yeah. studio and let's just keep adding another Prince on top of another Prince until we've really got the kind of the message. Um, but I, <laughs> for those for those of you listening, what Darren's really saying is this song yeah. is brilliant and, and you need to listen to it. And the thing is, as well, it, it kind of makes me appreciate because the Delphonics version is a lot is a lot simpler. You know, it is just a kind of the basic you know, kind of, um, you know, singer. And then you have his his backing singers occasionally coming in. And, you know, the production is kind of very kind of, you know, simple. Whereas Prince, you know, it's not as over the top as Betcha by Golly Wear. But by the end, there's still a lot of stuff kind of being built up and layered on. And, you know, we kind of, we get to the end and we have this kind of like, um, uh, I, I, because there's no horn players kind of credited, I have to feel it's like a keyboard horn, but it feels like something that might be on the Fairlight. Um, and then at the end, you just have Prince mm. singing "La La La La" means I love you, yeah. And it kind of the whole song kind of you know finishes kind of a lot quieter. 
um, after all this kind of build up. Um, but yeah, the kind of like, I want to be your man. Like, the, like I feel like the sentiment that's, I mean, at this point, Maite and Prince are married, so he doesn't need to keep going after Maite. But this feels like a kind of song that maybe, you know, Prince is out for a walk with Maite and he just kind of, you know, clicks his fingers and there's someone playing guitar Breaks behind him it. and then he starts singing the song at her. It just feels <laughs> like the kind of song that he might have put on to kind of woo Maite, um, you know. Mike Scott is walking along behind <laughs> waiting for his cue. Like his, his Thanos clicks his fingers and then Mike Scott shows up. Yeah. Um, yeah and then Sh- Shantae Moore is just hiding in the bushes, occasionally doing a little bit of, a little bit of light um, background vocals. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the kind of, I think out of the covers that are on this album, and I don't want to kind of tip my hand too much for the one of us, you know, I feel like this is the better of the kind of three covers. And it's kind of more interesting because Prince kind of sticks a little bit to the sound. Uh, but he, it's not completely, you know, similar as similar as it is for the Betcher by Golly Wow. He kind of actually brings something slightly different to it, not just the addition of one more la in the title, mm. you know. And interestingly, <laughs> there were a few kind of cover versions of this that I found while searching, while trying to find the video for this, because I was almost certain there was a video for this, but I couldn't find a video that Prince had done for this. Um, and obviously the Delphonics video, you know, there's a couple of performances that they did. And as with the stylistics, you know, they are coordinated um you know outfit routines um but there's one by swing out sister uh, which uh, kind of is about as early 90s kind of I, w- I don't want to say it's lacking soul but it is kind of really kind of produced and it just doesn't it doesn't feel like she's actually saying anything in the song um and you mm. know i'm the kind of person who really does enjoy breakout by swing out sister you know that's a great song but it just doesn't feel like they're doing anything thing. with the song you know, and that's kind of especially contrasted when you hear like the Jacksons version of the song, uh, which doesn't it doesn't feel quite right because it's a young Michael and young Michael singing. I want to be your man. Just always. I, I think there are some <laughs> songs that the Jackson Five do that are really good. But there's somewhere having, you know, a nine year old singing love songs always feels a little bit odd. It feels a bit weird. Yeah. It's like a, I call it the the X Factor effect where or not the X Factor. Is it the America's Britain's Got Talent or America's Got Talent yeah. or whatever it is? And they, they come on and it's like a seven-year-old who sings, I, w- I will always love you. And you're thinking, that's amazing. They can totally hit those notes. Seven-year-old girl shouldn't be singing, <laughs> I will always love you to her to her yeah. dad. <laughs> like, that's not what the song's about. Please don't put that in my life. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. And then there is, uh, this is something that I feel, you know, some people might want to watch, which is in the film The Family Man, uh, which is one of a handful of attempts to remake uh, it's a Wonderful Life, but this time it is Nicolas Cage and Taya Leone. You have Nicolas Cage singing a cover of it, um, supposedly in this like wedding video. <laughs> and <laughs> it's really weird because this is like be- years before kind of peak Nicolas Cage, um, you know, the Nicolas Cage of National Treasure and various things. But it's just funny seeing him like trying to play like this everyman singing this song. <laughs> And he's, it's like, it, mm-hmm. well, if you imagine like, you know, a Nicolas Cagey version of a song, that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> and there's only, there's only about like a minute of it in the film. But at the same time, it's kind of, it's kind of embarrassing because you're like, I get what he was trying to do. You know, this is the groom singing in, you know, a song that kind of has a meaning. To his wife, to, yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, Nicolas Cage really isn't pulling this off. You know, it's just, no. it's just not working. Um, you know, maybe, maybe if you had someone who had more of a kind of, I don't know. Maybe if you had someone who actually who can actually sing, that might be too much of a ringer. But um, I don't know. It's I thought it was just a, a funny kind of version of it, um, you know. And, and obviously, nowhere near as good as the the Prince version. Uh, which of the covers, I feel I feel even Prince is better than the Jacksons because 
the Jacksons just kind of feels like a bit more of a retread of the Delphonics thing because it's uh, it's not exactly the same production, but obviously because it's from around that time, it, it, the same era, yeah, yeah, it still feels a bit kind of cookie cutter. Doesn't really feel yeah. like they've kind of done anything with it. It still has the same basic Michael singing and then the other four kind of step forward to their mics kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, and I'm not sure who the other four at that particular point were because obviously, you know, there were points where um, certain members aged out and they replaced them with a younger Jackson. Uh, it, was, it was just four Titos. <laughs> By the end, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's all it was. <laughs> Michael and four Titos. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, Prince, you know, he didn't really perform this song live, which I feel is kind of disappointing because I think, you know, this would have been a great song for him to kind of perform live. He did it a couple of times in 2002, uh, but unlike the rest of the songs on this album, he didn't really use it as part of kind of the Emancipation Tour. Um, you know, so he literally performed it like once on the 1st of March and once on the 20, 21st of June 2002. And that was it, you know, never performed mm. it ever again. But again, you know, as we said, we bet you by golly wow. If this is a song that he's that has a kind of attachment to Maite, I can kind of understand why he doesn't want to. Yeah, yeah, why well, he probably kind of didn't bring it back that much. Uh, but obviously, bet you by golly wow was a single as well, whereas this wasn't. This was just an album track essentially. So, um, but yeah, you know, I, 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 I've, you know, Prince's time around, you know, Prince's uh, life around this time was kind of tinged a little bit with tragedy. So I could kind of understand maybe after like '97, he probably like I don't want to. I don't want to revisit. Don't want to play these particular songs. Yeah, yeah. the year nineteen ninety six is probably not a good year for him to kind of think about. So, Darren, can uh, I ask you uh, a question just about Prince and your love of Prince? Yes, yeah, sure, go for it. Did you ever get to see him live? No, I didn't. No, damn no. it. So the times, the times when I had money, he wasn't touring, and yeah. the times when he toured, I didn't, I didn't have, have money, money. <laughs> yeah. and he didn't, he didn't like his tours. Like if he'd, have, I think he he mostly went for playing like London. Uh, or you know he he like he played Manchester, but they were they were never really close enough that I was able. If he'd ever played like somewhere in Birmingham and I had the money, then I would have gone and seen him. I um, missed him too. I never I didn't see him when I was younger, and then when he did his his later tours and he came to Dublin twice in the last ten years before he, he passed away. Um, I I just stuff always came up, and I wasn't yeah. able to go to it. And you don't expect tragedy to happen. No. So you think it's going to be like I I didn't see Elton John until Elton John toured two years ago and I mean he was nigh on 70 whatever he is and yeah. still it was a good show because his voice is the star he doesn't need to be dancing around all over the <laughs> yeah. stage and it was great and I, I assumed I'd always get the chance with Prince to do that too yeah. and then just for it to just to get cut like that you know on on his death you know I I put on Facebook you know I never expected you know I expected one day to own every Prince album I didn't expect it to be this Today, soon, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and and that that's the thing is like as a Prince fan, you're always like oh, he just keeps releasing so many albums. Just like slow down, just release <laughs> like release an album, wait a couple of years and release another album, so I can kind of catch up. Um, and then you know, in the last four years he released no, in the last two years he re- like he was alive. He released four albums, <laughs> and it, and so it looked like he was starting to kind of because he hadn't released that many albums in like in the previous kind of like 10 years, he kind of had yeah. slowed down a bit. And then for the final kind of two years, he'd released like four albums. And I was like, Oh, this looks like he's kind of, this is, he's ramping back up to like releasing two albums a year. And, you know, he'd signed a new contract with Warner brothers. He got back all his masters for his original recordings. And, you know, obviously he started putting stuff on Tidal and iTunes and 
So it was like, oh, it looks like he's actually kind of figured out some kind of business plan and he's actually going to, like, you know, kind of be an artist again who kind of gets back to being, <laughs> releasing stuff. And yeah. then, you know, it's so it was kind of so annoying because those last couple of years when he started doing the kind of smaller venue tours, there were a few occasions where I was like, oh, if I just kind of save up a little bit of money, the next time he announces he's going to tour, like, next year, I I'll can get kind him. of get a couple of tickets. It just never happened, unfortunately. So I feel like we said about as much as we can about Prince's la 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 means I love you. Uh, so let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Ollie? I'll just plug my podcast. Uh, I do a podcast called Best Acquaintances, in which myself and my friend Emily Bennett, we only know each other from the internet, and we chat to people that we only know from the internet. So people we've interacted with in various Facebook groups. Um, if I ever join Reddit, maybe we'll talk to people we meet on Reddit, although I'd be a little bit afraid of that. I'm not sure. I, I've heard bad things. But um, the idea is that People that you know from the internet, you only know what comes up on their Facebook profiles. Not everybody's going to share everything. So this gives people a chance to just tell their story. And everyone we've had on so far, we've had 70-odd guests or whatever. Everybody has had something interesting or something worthwhile to say. And uh, I, I recommend it. And hopefully we're going to convince Darren to go. He's still like, it's since the last episode, he still hasn't signed up. So we're going to make <laughs> sure he gets on there eventually. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast. Or you can email us, not sure why you would at PrinceDriveByTrack at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Ollie. Oh, always a pleasure, Darren. I'd love to come back. And otherwise, goodbye. Goodbye. Don't think I ain't.